what we've been hearing a lot from either investors, customers, whatever that is, is answering that question of why now. So why, you know, why is this important now? And, and what's that, um, the compelling need that you're solving? And I think it's caused founders in a really good way to, to reflect and look at the business model and be like, what's the compelling need that we are solving? Welcome to Startup Build, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and we're having conversations with tech leaders in our community about how they're working through the current global economic crisis and the larger implications on their sectors. Today, we're talking with Jordan McFarland, business incubator manager with the Cultivator Tech Incubator in Regina. The Cultivator's mission is to help founders launch, grow, and scale innovative high-growth companies in the province of Saskatchewan. And it's quickly become a major hub of activity in the burgeoning Regina tech scene. We talked with Jordan about the challenges the sector is facing and how the Cultivator is continuing to support tech startups through the crisis, including running a fully virtual program complete with the large startup events the Saskatchewan tech scene is known for. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. If this is your first time listening or watching Startupville, welcome. Uh, we have got Mike Walsfeld with us as ever. Hi, Mike. Hello. And Jordan McFarlane, the business incubator manager with Cultivator. Hello. Thanks for having me, Dan. Super excited to be here. It's a pleasure to have you with us on this episode. How uh, how have you found things in the what are we uh, a month and a bit in the in the COVID nineteen world? Yeah, I think we were just talking about this today, and I feel like uh, I think we're we're in about week eight of uh, of work from home work from home here. So uh, things have really flown by, but it seemed you know slow and fast at the same time. But uh, it's wild how much our world has changed in the past eight weeks. And, um, you know, just, you know, crazy how fast it's all come. I think when we first set out, like many people, you know, we thought maybe it was a few weeks of work from home. And, and now we realize we're, we're definitely heading towards more of a new normal uh, that we'll be seeing and, and uh, you know, a change in, in many ways. So from your perspective and as an observer of the tech sector in Regina and maybe the wider sector, what's, what, what are your current observations? Yeah, I would say from the cultivator perspective, um, what we see is, you know, specifically, I think COVID has hit and, you know, with founders in Regina, Saskatoon, and some, you know, remotely elsewhere as well. Um, you know, COVID, the impact has really been almost bipolar. We've seen in some cases, companies experience some of the most rapid growth and digital transformation in their industries, uh, whereas others have seen, you know, the most maybe decimation or pause or pivot um, that their industry has ever gone through. So it's been very just unique seeing the broad spectrum of, uh, of impact. But I think, you know, for certain what we can say is that it's, it's impacted, you know, every single tech startup that we work with. And uh, you know, a lot of those, um, you know, mentor companies or, uh, or advisors and other things like that as well. So there's, there's definitely been a great impact and based on the industry, it's been, you know, quite different and quite far ranging. So when we look at the challenges, some of the things that have been said uh, previously have been along the lines of there are concerns about retaining talent locally that they don't, uh, that the talented people don't leave the marketplace and go to a larger center. Do you think that that's 
true as a challenge? Or do you think that there's also an element of the other way around where the lockdown in, in big centres has been far more impactful and maybe people do want to have that um, that better life quality of life experience that they could have here? Yeah, I think for us, it's it's really a you know a mixture for sure. I think we're seeing um, you know there's there's definitely been layoffs that we've seen, but luckily not too 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 large of an extent. Um, just in consideration of what's gone on, you know, across the board. I think in terms of attracting talent, you know, we've got a number of companies who are actively currently hiring or recently uh, hired based on industries that are you know still still doing well, sales still coming in and expanding. Um, you know, so I think there's, there's really a balance there. And I, I think one thing that jumps out to me is sort of the, you know, the stories that you hear about, you know, Spanish flu or these other scenarios and the innovators who were stuck at home for, you know, a month or whatever that was. And, uh, you know, the inventions and creations and innovations that came out of that. So I think what is potentially, you know, exists here is an opportunity where, individuals are recognizing some of the biggest pain points, challenges and opportunities in certain industries that have had to accelerate their digital transformation by five years, you know, in five weeks. And that's going to create, I think, a whole new wave potentially of founders, innovators, et cetera. Um, So we're really excited to see what the, you know, sort of next wave of companies that come out of this scenario. And then in terms of the companies who are currently in this, um, you know, again, really a wide spectrum of, of how talent is being uh, handled there. Um, but, you know, groups that are hiring, I think, are still seeing interest right now, which is great. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're always focused on making sure we can do our part to make sure that we're doing a good job of telling the story of the tech ecosystem and of startups and, and what it's like to work for that, um, you know, so that we can, you know, play our part and help and attract and retain that talent. Uh, Mike, if I can bring it to you at this moment, is there is there a a uh, a pattern? Is there uh, something that can be said for the similarities between the two large Saskatchewan centres, rather than things that make them different? Um, yeah, I think like we still have uh, we're still relatively the same size in terms of population. Um, our tech sectors look a little bit different, but like still relatively similar in that they're very connected. Um, <clears throat> they're both growing, uh, more weighted towards early stage startups than large uh, uh, global entities. Um, <clears throat> and I think, yeah, looking at kind of, you know, where the talent is going to go, I think this, this, uh, this type of downturn is, is pretty unique. It's it's not like other downturns where people entirely leave uh, uh, cities like Detroit after the 2008 collapse. Um, but I think I think that's where uh, a Jordan mentioned like a, a trend towards digital digital technology. I don't think this, and I've I've heard this said before. I don't think that COVID really fundamentally changed anything. It just accelerated the inevitable. So any anybody who is lagging behind on that digital transformation has been sort of been pulled or pushed there. Um, And anytime you see, you know, increased digital adoption, we're going to have opportunities in the tech space. And I think the same can be said for some of the trends that we've been seeing in terms of uh, the growth of tech hubs and smaller centers versus larger hubs. Again, not a change of the fundamental, but an acceleration of the trends that were already occurring. So I think you're going to see, have people in those larger centers who, you know, maybe were living 
paycheck to paycheck or having trouble keeping up with rent and stuff like that, seeing those smaller cities as, as a more viable, interesting option. And then you'll still also have people in the smaller centers who, who maybe see some of the volatility of, of early stage markets and would prefer to go work for an Amazon or Facebook. And this is sort of the catalyst that makes them do that. So again, I don't think it's fundamentally changing any of the advantages of, of either market. Um, but I think it's accelerating some of the trends that we already see, saw before this. Something you've both mentioned is the acceleration of the adoption of technology. And, and some of it is consumer technology. Some of it is very much specialist tech. And I've, I've been here for, um, what's it, exactly five years. I've been here for five years. And I've seen the resistance to people even communicating on digital platforms, some of the legacy traditional backbone of the uh, province businesses have been, well, we're not sure if social media is yet for us. We're not sure if we want to communicate in this way. Yet their adoption of um, video video, uh, conferencing platforms such as Zoom, such as Teams, such as others has been incredibly encouraging because it's almost like they've broken through a fear barrier and they've now experienced applicable technology, something that makes their lives better rather than, I think there might have been from certain sectors, a sense of technology for technology's sake. Have you noticed any difference in the way that people are talking about tech, Jordan? Yeah, I think what's what's coming through is, you know, one of the key things that we've been focused on with our founders, you know, since COVID hit and like one of our first responses was just immediately to get into one-to-ones and, and get in, you know, into the weeds with our founders right off the bat. And and one of the biggest things is just to keep those communication lines with founders or sorry, with customers open. So keep that customer discovery going, keep that understanding because even though there might not be an opportunity to maybe sell it's just how do you make sure you understand what your market wants so that market and product are talking and i think you know you're seeing some interesting things when you listen there as to you know companies are facing some harsh realities in various industries and you know not just looking for like a digital transformation or like digital adoption but just like the importance of running in a very efficient business model moving forward and, you know, fortunately, a lot of the, you know, B2B SaaS and other companies that we're supporting have created these tools to help better manage, you know, inventory, sales, whatever your processes are. So I think as, as companies are on this pause, you know, there's some uncertainty around, you know, the future of their business, but at the same time, they're looking to be more efficient coming out of COVID and the adoption of those tools or the ability to better work remotely um, you know, can be extremely helpful. So I think that that's, um, that's something that we're seeing in various industries um, and which is really interesting to see the feedback loop that's coming, you know, that founders are receiving from their biggest customers, um, you know, and the learnings that are continually happening there. One of the most important things that I'm taking from this current time is the importance of human to human support and contact and people truly engaging with each other. With the early stage startups that we deal with here in Saskatchewan, do you think that there is a uh, a risk for those who are outside of um, Cultivator, Colabs, etc., that they're feeling even more isolated? And what could we say to them 
to feel a greater part of the community? Yeah, great question. I think, um, you know, one of the things, um, and we had just recently here this past week, um, but we do a you know, monthly event series. We used to call it Cultivate YQR just because our physical locations in YQR, but we obviously are focused on serving Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, we probably have to change that now because it's online. So it doesn't matter where you are. And it doesn't matter where we are. Um, but I think that, you know, there's just, there's a lot of different things happening right now and ways to stay connected, um, you know, listening to the podcast here, connecting with people, you know, various social media channels, but these events, uh, you know, Cultivator, we had our event this past week, Cultivate YQR. So, you know, via the virtual uh, world, we were able to, to hit the 150 mark on our attendees and, you know, bring a significant portion of the community together that's you know, both local and abroad from sort of New York to Vancouver, which was nice. Um, you know, I know that's going to be happening, you know, in Saskatoon and, you know, or sorry, out of Saskatoon and things like that as well. So, um, you know, I'd say reach out to, to, uh, to Cultivator, to Collabs as an opportunity to connect, but also through Sask Tech, um, through the work that Innovation Place does, there's a variety of ways to kind of stay connected and, and make sure that, you know, you know that you're not alone uh, in this journey. And there's a lot of support that's available throughout the community. Actually, could I bring that to you, Mike? Because it's an interesting question. Innovation Place puts on, um, you know, uh, Pie O'Clock and other physical events. How have you found interacting with founders and the tech sector, how they've uh, adapted to being remote from their uh, colleagues across different organizations? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's been interesting. It's been a learning experience for everybody, I think. Um one of the great strengths of Saskatchewan as a province, uh, both Regina and Saskatoon as entrepreneurial communities that we have been uh, so connected. We, we thrive on those in-person events and getting together and catching up with people that you, that you, uh, that you're sort of comrades with. Um, so I've seen it kind of take a, a bunch of different forms uh, that I, I watched the, uh, the cultivator event last week. I thought it was excellent. Uh, seen some other things where people are doing uh, these giant zoom rooms. Some, <laughs> some come across as a little bit uh, more awkward than others, but I think we're all kind of learning how, how to make it through this, right. And, and how to maintain that connection and keep it natural and whatnot. So uh, I think that's, that's where we as a tech community can kind of grow and thrive together is we're used to just throwing wet paper on the wall and seeing what sticks. So we can keep, trying out different tools and different ways of getting getting that connection out there and then and see what resonates with people. The cleaners at Innovation Place have been wondering who's been sticking wet paper to the wall. Now we know. Um, there's, there's an interesting piece uh, that I read last week, which was about people feeling overloaded with Zoom calls and resorting to Zoom calls when actually sending a text could be fine or picking up the phone and just speaking to one person rather than the group. How do we manage the communication technology within an organization and between organizations to make sure that communication and connection still remains an authentic beast rather than tokenism um jordan what are your thoughts yeah i think that's great we just we talked about this recently with a few mentors uh, last week of just you know zoom fatigue right everybody's looking to zoom or to do webinars there's no lack of you know people pushing content on online right now there's also a lot of you know your kind of personal life whether it be parents family zoom brunches birthdays 
um, you know, there's this aspect of being apart, but also, you know, more, more connected, maybe overconnected in some places, um, you know, for people who prefer a bit of that solitude. So, you know, we've been in close contact kind of on a weekly basis, understanding from our founders, like what's worked best. And we, we've really seen a variety of obviously, you know, Slack's a huge tool that's already used. Um, a lot of the companies that we serve, um, you know, have elements of remote work prior to this, whether their team was sort of half in Saskatoon, half in Regina, you know, have some team out in Ontario or New York, whatever that looks like. So their, their use of tools, video conferencing, you know, text, written, et cetera, um, is already there. But I know even just for our team, you know, we're pretty high touch and, you know, the, the physical energy and the social energy that we bring and, and you think about walking into Cultivator on a daily basis and just the energy from the founders, you know, the CTOs, the devs, the marketers, all those different things. And um, so it's kind of some of those in-between conversations that are unscripted, unscheduled. Um, and so, you know, things that we like, we're trying to create collisions at various times to inspire that creativity. And so, um, you know, we've been thinking a lot about what's relevant, how do we still engage, you know, the community without overwhelming or getting in the way of, of core focus. Um, and that's just been really an iterative approach from, from our perspective and, um, you know, trying to work with each team to find out what makes the most sense for them. So some are doing standups in the morning, sit downs at the end of days and uh, others are doing their weekly touch point, whatever that looks like. So I think it's a bit of a custom approach for, for everybody. One of the things that I really like, and, and I plug into obviously different sectors and different industries. One of the things that I really like is that there's been different um, industrial groups or, or people with special interests coming together in different geographical locations around the world. And if you if you happen to be up at two o'clock in the morning or at three in the afternoon or whatever the time that the call is on, they've opened it up for, to people from outside their normal community to bring them in to build those uh, meaningful connections or create those introductions. Because uh, what I've seen is that the same challenges are occurring here as everywhere else. And it's kind of an ideal time to look at building those connections. And, and everyone's got a common interest at the moment. There is one big global common interest at the moment. So I'm really enjoying connecting to people in um, Southeast Asia or uh, a few last week in um, uh, LA and New York. And it was just interesting to uh, find out what's happening there and bring some of that back or just even introduce them to other people. So that's just one thing that I've been experiencing. But as, we, uh, as, as, I, as we've got you here, and this is an important thing, um, I'd like to focus on um, the finale of your START program. Um, last Thursday, you gave away $10,000 to the winning startup. Uh, normally, a uh, in-person event, as you, as you mentioned, in-person uh, is important, but you did deliver it remotely. Um, I, I, I'm guessing it would have been a Zoom-type thing. Um, what was it like when you've got your big event everything anchors on this it's the it's the piece the resistance or maybe it isn't but 
but it's that piece that you've really been focusing on and building towards and you have to have it on a Zoom call. How do you deal with that? And and tell me about the winner and the, uh, what they're going to do with the money. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it kind of summarizes the full, you know, the full pivot or transition that we've made. And I think one of the first things is just to highlight, um, you know, our programming maintained amidst COVID. We just felt like, you know, even amidst the crisis and the pandemic, pandemic, that need for support for early stage companies and for founders was, you know, greater than ever. Um, and that ability to bring them together and connect them was, was huge. So um, we, we naturally had a bit of a hybrid approach already with a variety of founders joining from various geographical regions. So, you know, our, our cohort calls and other things were always, you know, a mix of in-person and Zoom. And uh, we always pushed though for the in-person. That was all of our pre- all of our preference just for that, you know, that greater and richer experience. Um, so that transitioned quickly online, um, you know, fully to Zoom. So the, the tools were in place. We, we felt good about, you know, the tech stack and all the different platforms that we had. So we were fortunate there. Um, but that, that start pre-revenue program that you're referring to that we just had the, you know, the final pitch night for, um, you know, that was interesting because these are, pre-revenue founders, you know, sort of MVP, early beta, um, maybe pre-product. And um, they entered sort of the startup space at a really, really exciting time. And through the course of this three-month accelerated program, uh, they saw the world change like quite quickly. Um, So it's interesting to see the differences in the end. And, you know, so by about, I think, session session seven or eight, we were fully remote at that point. And um, Sean O'Connor from the Connexus Venture Capital Fund sort of summed it up uh, really well by saying, you know, you've kind of entered at one of the rosiest times and now you're in one of the most uncertain times, but really the benefit to companies that are at that stage is they have, you know, one of the greatest abilities to pivot. You know, they're not maybe stuck with a certain product in a certain market that they've built that they're relied upon, but more so they can understand what's the, the new requirements or, you know, what might be a different angle here that we can play um, and really answering the question, why now? So I think what we've been hearing a lot from either investors, customers, whatever that is, is answering that question of why now? So why, you know, why is this important now? And, and what's that, um, the compelling need that you're solving? And I think it's caused founders in a really good way to, to reflect and look at the business model and be like, what's the compelling need that we are solving? Um, so as we've transitioned that program is really interesting to see just how quickly founders adapted to that, uh, that understanding and just the new normal of, you know, pitching mentors or investors via zoom as opposed to in person or going for a coffee. So uh, we've really been focused on that, you know, the, the ways you can cheat your digital pitch because nobody knows what's behind your monitor. So they can't see your, you know, your speaking notes, your timer, your, you know, three, four monitors, whatever you're doing. So it's great. There's just, you know, like you can, you have no excuse for not knowing what you're saying when you're online. Um, but you got a lot of distractions too. So that program uh, was there. We had been bringing in, you know, mentors and other guests throughout Zoom already. So it actually worked out really well to to be able to leverage. And I think one of the benefits is that we can rely on expertise and bring people in from various geographical regions now more than ever, because um, there's a little bit less people traveling, obviously or significantly less, but we can get access to some speakers that maybe it would have been very difficult for us to access before because they're now accessible, they're work from home, willing to connect. Um, so that's been great in terms of who we've been able to connect our founders with. But the event team, um, you know, on our side had put together a great event. You know, we were going to be 
uh, utilizing a local hotel for some kind of in-person founders retreat stuff. We had, uh, you know, plans to go to um, local market at sort of warehouse district building here in Regina. So our, our final pitch finale was like 250, 300 people. Um, you know, we had these guests coming in. There's going to be a bunch of different in-person experiences. We kind of stacked the two-day agenda by thinking everybody was in Regina. So we would do this, this, and this. And, uh, you know, when we made the decision very early when everything happened that this would need to move to, to virtual, um, we had to think about, like, what's the best way to deploy this? So uh, we felt pretty good about the way in our afternoon behind the scenes, we did our founders retreat, just utilizing things like breakout rooms uh, in Zoom. Uh, you know, we, we were able to make founder connections with investors and one-to-ones that very smoothly happened through Zoom as well, which was, um, which was nice. And then we used Zoom webinar for our evening event um, we're able to bring in the judges and, um, you know, we felt, felt really good about the way that that came together. We, we got the video replay to kind of critique ourselves as well. So because you can record everything on zoom, uh, founders are getting great, like recording and feedback and watching yeah, as we're, as we're doing today, um, and judges as well. So that was, uh, that was awesome. And there's, you know, the awkwardness of speaking to a mass group of people, but only seeing maybe one or two faces, um, so, you, you know, there's some mental tricks you've got to play with yourself definitely there. And, um, yeah, so that program was a three month program. We had 10 companies participate, uh, started with 11 companies and actually a, a really cool story is, uh, Sheila, one of the founders, um, uh, of one of the companies that wasn't able to continue the program, you know, had obviously a very good reason. She's an emergency room doctor in Regina. And just when COVID spiked, uh, she was called into action even more so than her, her regular duties. Um, so we're, you know, super proud to support her on that and, uh, offered her intake into our next summer cohort. Um, just, you know, given what she's able to learn and, and do there and, you know, excited to see the sort of med tech startup that she's focused on, but 10 companies and, uh, the winner was announced as hotspot. So hotspot really looks at the restaurant bar entertainment industry in terms of helping to relay, um, you know, kind of traffic and, and frequency, real-time specials, and variety of different components, uh, which pitching right now you would think would be interesting just given that they're all closed, right? So it was, it actually worked out well in terms of their customer discovery. They could talk to a ton of people and, um, you know, an interesting value add and value prop that seemed to jump out to a lot of people is, you know, especially in Saskatchewan here, when restaurants reopen at 50%, um, there's going to need to be a way to communicate you know, this new density. So as opposed to their initial concept around what's the hot spot that really draws people in because you want to go to the busiest place. Um, as we're transitioning out of COVID-19, it might be a little bit more like maybe I avoid that, that hot spot, but that information is really good. It's just maybe utilized in a different way. So if you think about how you can communicate, um, you know, that and helping people to wayfind. So um, yeah, Landon and, and Chris Fallman, great founders there. They actually had founded uh, Fuel Lock, which sold to Intergrains. So uh, two-time founders and um, really excited for, for what the future holds there for them and, and all the companies that participated in that program. So as we look forwards from here, and it sounds like it was a fantastic event, and I'm, I'm loving the idea of this technology being applied to um, find spaces in venues. I think that's a that's a great thing for now. I love applicable technology. As we move forwards, what are your opinions on the impact as we move into the upcoming start, grow, and scale programs? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Dan. I think for us, it's really been, we've taken the approach now that we're, you know, we definitely need to be digital first. We were face-to-face first. Um, and that was the focus before. We just felt like that was where the magic happens of, you know, bringing that founder in or that mentor, that investor, the magic that happens there. So it's it's been all digital first. So uh, our program's fully virtual. We'll continue with that. And I think it's just um, tweaking and improving the digital delivery. And I think there's a little bit more expectation now of just what's impact there and what's the like production quality of that. Um, you know, and as, as I think, you know, individuals who are hosting a podcast, you can attest to the importance of those little things. And so that, that quality, we want to make sure our quality is really high. Um, the great thing is the recording and the ability to chop that up. So we're often not recording in person, some of those like, you know, super, super engaging conversations and guests, whereas now in Zoom, we can, we can chop that up, we can share that, you know, under the right permissions, right privacy and things like that. Um, So that message can live on, which is is really exciting. So we're amassing uh, some really great content. And um, yeah, for us, we'll be running a start cohort three uh, in the summer. So stay tuned, applications will be out for that uh, soon, but we would anticipate that that will likely be a fully uh, virtual cohort. Um, you know, so we're excited about ways we can improve on our previous, um, you know, cohort here with two and, uh, through our grow program as well, we'll be continuing that fully virtual, um, you know, meeting with our advisory board virtually mentors, virtually, um, you know, hosting those one-to-ones. And I think the, you know, the other thing would be, we run Sask startup summit, um, in September. And so that's obviously a big conference. We try to jam a lot of people in together, but also keep a, a small um, focus. So, um, you know, we're committed to, to still doing that in September, but with the caveat that anytime we plan an event that it's first, what would it look like in person or right now? What would it look like virtually? What would it look like maybe if there was an ability to have an in-person component and more so what's that hybrid approach? Um, you know, so thinking about a virtual conference, um, you know, just what's the platform? What does that look like? And how do you make sure it's actually of value? So anything we've done, we've really evaluated, like, do we need to be doing this? Does this add value to the ecosystem, to founders, you know, to the community as a whole? And it's interesting. I've been uh, for a conference that I'm going to be working on. I've been one of the testers of an interactive platform so that there is a difference between watching a webinar or, or, or watching a, a, a video chat call and uh, a conference where you can uh, interact with other attendees, chat, have notes, have a presentation to watch again immediately, all these kind of things. So uh, it's interesting. This is this is a common thing across uh, the world. And, and thankfully, thanks to bright tech people, there are the solutions out there. Uh, Jordan McFarlane, Business Incubator Manager from Cultivator. Thank you very much for joining us here on Startup Villa. If people want to find out more about you or Cultivator, how could they do that? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. Really, really appreciate chatting with you and Mike today. I, the, you know, To find more information about Cultivator, you can go to a few different places. You can check out cultivator.ca. We're at Cultivator SK on Instagram, Twitter, Cultivator Powered by Connexus on Facebook, uh, social media is a great way to kind of follow along the journey and, and see kind of the behind the scenes things as to what we're uh, we're working on. And if you've got any direct questions, uh, just shoot an email over to hello at cultivator.ca. And uh, we're always happy to connect, chat and learn about what uh, interesting innovations are going on uh, out there and, and ways in which we can support the ecosystem. 
Jordan, thank you very much. Mike, uh, thank you for returning uh, once again. Uh, I personally have to say that I'm really enjoying this series. It's definitely had value for me. I, I can be a bit selfish at this point. I enjoy doing Startupville as much as anything so that I can learn about what's happening here in our community. And if you really enjoy this podcast, whether you watch it as a video or you listen to it via your favorite podcast app, please share it with others. Get the word out there. We need your help. Let's get people truly supporting the tech sector that is homegrown here in Saskatchewan. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at WeTellYourStories.ca. The show is produced by me, Mike Wolsfeld, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Startupville Pod. See you next time on Startupville.